Hello and welcome to the next episode of the 60 Go Podcast. Joining me through Zoom today, Damien Seabolt. Seabolt, how are you, mate? I'm good, Tom. A few tech issues to start the day, but that won't stop us from soldiering on. Uh, first one over Zoom. Really excited to do this. Um, see our ugly faces going forward, which is uh, always nice. Hey, uh, we're going to do our Storm 2023 review today. Uh, I'm going to start off by saying this. Look, I'm a Storm fan, Storm tragic, uh, but I think Craig Bellamy probably at the start of last year overestimated how good this team was going to be. And I think that it was just through his coaching greatness that he was able to get really the results that he did out of it. Yeah, I, I agree, Matt. I, to be honest, I don't think I don't think they're a very good footy side um, apart from those four or five elite players, and um, and what Bellamy did with that squad, considering you know Hughes and Munster both missed time during the year, Pappenhausen was non-existent during the year because of that poor injury run um, that he's had. I think what what Bellamy did to get them into the top four and and have them thereabouts again with a couple of weeks to go was just an amazing effort. They, they went after Payne Haas during the year and they went after Tino as well. And they, they seem to be linked with any middle, middle forward that's potentially even coming off the market. Daniel Safidi was linked to them a couple of weeks ago, uh, possibly even David Clemmer. So it, it's obviously a need that they realise is evident. Yeah, definitely. I, I think they're at least one quality middle short, one edge player, and and they've got issues in their centres. I mean, they've got elite wingers, they've got fullback depth, They've got great halves. They've got an excellent hooker. They've got a, a core of a good pack, but they're just, yeah, as I said, one elite middle, one edge back roller, and definitely at least a center short. Justin Ollum is moving on. And that was that was a bit of a strange moment in the year, wasn't it? Justin Ollum and Remus Smith, was you could put them in pen for being in the centers for the storm for the year at the start of last season. Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it, for, for Bellamy to drop both of them? Uh, in the middle of the year yeah. and say that that's not good enough. Well, let's remember, I suppose, that um, Remus Smith was injured. So he kind of, he lost his spot through injury because the guys that come in and replaced him, um, young Tanamapaya in particular, you know, he probably played a lot better than what um, Bellamy ever expected him to. And he just, he forced his hand and, and Remus um, Smith struggled to get back in the team after that injury layoff that he had. Olam, I don't know what's happened. You know, it, we joked about it during the year that um, he, he never really was the same player after Olakawatu cleaned him up early in the season. He seemed to be a little bit gun shy, which he's never been in his career, but that's what he's based his career on. He's, you know, like a bullet a gate. He attacks everything a million miles an hour. And he just, something seems a little bit off there. I don't know whether or not um, outside of footy, he's not happy in Melbourne at the moment or, or what it might be, but the move to the Tigers, you know, potentially might be a good thing for him and and the storm. It, it tosses up another question as well. Nick Meany was really signed as sort of a utility fringe squad player for the storm um, as a sort of replacement for Nico Hines when he was brought in, but he's had to play a lot of first grade. Uh, he's played a lot of fullback now and occasionally filled in the halves as well. Is there a path for Meany to go to the centres? Because you, it would be, it would be a bit of a waste to not have him in the squad. You would think. Well, yeah, I agree with everything you said around Meany and being in the squad, and they've got to find a, 
a space for him because he's he's been great the last couple of years since he's been down in Melbourne. He's certainly a lot better than what um, I thought he would be. And again, you know, you go back through history and Bellamy's done that with everyone. I, you could count on one hand the amount of guys that have gone down there and not actually improved. And and they're probably guys like George Rose. Um, you know, it just springs to mind where work ethic was never George's forte. So he probably didn't quite fit in down there and, and things didn't work out. But the majority of players that go there definitely um, improve. I think Meany, as a centre, I'm not sure defensively. Um, I, I would more lean towards uh, Xavier Coates playing in the centres and Meany on the wing um, as an option. But again, Bellamy could, you know, he could coach anyone to do anything. So it, it wouldn't shock me one bit if Meany was in the centres, you know, ideally number 14, but there's the uh, the young fullback, Falago, uh, I can't pronounce his name, oh, but no. the, the young guy from Falongo, yeah, from Sunny Coast. Um, he looks okay. I mean, I, I don't think he's as good as Pappenhausen at all, but, you know, can Pappenhausen stay fit? Have they got to have cover there? What's their perfect 14? Is it Meany or is it the young guy? Well, it gives you a valuable option at fullback, doesn't it, when... Pappenhausen goes down because it's it's sort of a similar situation with your brother at Manly. So if Tom goes down, touch wood, that Cooler is there ready to roll. Yeah, 100%. And then, you know, again, very similar comparison to, to Manly. Then they've got, okay, the, the Triton, uh, well, proven um, Ruben Garrick at Manly that then is the, the safe option, just like at Melbourne. Well, Meany is the safe option. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, it wasn't a really flattering back end of the year for Melbourne. Um, particularly some of those games at the end of the regular season, the Dragons game springs to mind. The Dragons weren't beating anyone. And yet yeah. they really struggled. I think they were down, they might've been down 18 nil at one point against the Dragons. Like it was, it was a real struggle to beat them there. Um, do and you, then do they, you think um, Cameron and Jerome Hughes were fit though? Like, honestly, I think they were carrying injuries. Possibly, possibly. But then you go into the finals, they lose 26 nil to the Broncos. Um, a team yeah. who they've had the wood over for a long, long time, uh, really failed to fire a single shot. They played so awful that game, and then they, they were. Up- um, sorry, mate, but they they were. Yes, the, don't take credit away from Brisbane because they were good that day. But it, it was a lot about how bad Melbourne were, especially early when they had opportunities and they just couldn't throw anything at them. And then they they go up against the Roosters, who had so many injuries. It, it wasn't even funny. Like they had so many people out the Roosters and. For the storm to even make that close, like was was a bit yeah. embarrassing, and they 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 scored on the belt to win that game. So and sort of robbed robbed the Roosters of a of a great win there, and then they get blown out of the water by Penrith. So like it's three pretty unflattering games in the finals. It is, and I'm prepared to make excuses again. I said earlier that I don't think they're a great footy side. Like there's a lot of deficiencies there, um, and what Bellamy's done with them is is amazing. In the last month, I reckon Munster was injured. He had that knee problem where he had the gash and things weren't healing. Um, Jerome Hughes had been coming back from um, different injuries, so I think he was off. And look, you know, Harry Grant's a, a star, top 10, 15 player in the comp. He had probably the worst month of his career. You know, oh, I don't think he's played... I don't think he played great footy in that last month of the year. So there are excuses there for Melbourne and they're certainly upside. If your three best players are not at their best, well, you know that there's going to be improvement in your team because they're only going to get better. I can't think of another team 
who's as top heavy as they are in the spine. Like their spine is so, you, you could argue it certainly is the best spine in the comp, but they're paying for it. Like it's, it's not like any of these guys are on cheap deals. Like they are, they're, they're paying to have that. Uh, do you think that the, the successful clubs, let's take a look at Penrith, for example, you know, Dylan Edwards and Jerome Loy are on considerable money. Like they're not top players in the game money, but the fact that they've also got a guy like their Mitch Kenny, who wouldn't be on much money at all. Uh, so, and you take a look at a lot of other good teams in the competition. Brisbane's a perfect one as well. Uh, I know that uh, the guys like Ezra Mam and Reese Walsh will get upgraded deals and Adam Reynolds already on a fair bit of money, but their dummy half position isn't taking up much at all. So the fact that they, um, they haven't got these, uh, they haven't got these guys to sort of spread out their salary cap. Uh, do you think that that's an issue going forward? Yeah, it de- definitely is. I mean, they've got Frank Panisi there, who's a genius, and he's done this for for years. And he, they always find a way to to get the balance right. I think the true test was after the um, salary cap issues going back what ten years ago now. Um, and they found a way to to rectify it and and get things right pretty quickly. So you know they know what what they need to do. Um, I know I've spoken to a couple of people involved down there over the years, and and they're the ones that really explained um, the salary cap to me and getting your salary cap right and perception and reality and the difference between what people think outside looking in and, and what the reality is and what a club tries to do. And, and what I mean by that and how it was explained to me was it's all about um, you know, what you're paying for certain players, but don't just isolate that one player. Look at it as a holistic approach. So, you know, if you've got middles, you might be paying 600 grand for a middle that's only worth 400 and circumstances just dictate that you've got to pay that much money for him. But what you might then have that season is a young kid who's just debuting that you're only paying 150, 200 for, but you're getting $500,000 worth of value out of him. So when you balance out each position and look at your salary cap and work out what you're trying to do and how you're trying to you know, approach it, that, that's how things can balance themselves out in, in the end. And, and Melbourne have got a history of bringing guys who are on the scrap heap or at the end of their career that they're getting to the club on cheap, on the cheap and identifying the right junior star and getting them for a couple of seasons on the cheap as well. So that's how they balance things out. And that's how I think that they can get over the uh, their cap being so top heavy and having all that money invested into their spine. They'll understand that, yep, we've got to move one or two people on and, and we need to identify um, a prop here and a, a young center there. But, but I would back them to, to be able to get it right. There's a couple of guys that they are investing a lot of money in at the moment who have only played one or two games, which I think they've pretty clearly you know got wrong. But again, those contracts will be coming to an end and there'll be opportunities there for them to fix it up. The, it was a really key moment re-signing Munster at the start of last season. Um, they've got Jerome Hughes there. Uh one really exciting prospect for them. We've talked about so far long ago, but Jonah Pezzett, I think, is a is a future out and out first grader. Um, do you think he'll be at Melbourne long term? It's it's a hard one, isn't it? Because Munster and Hughes have both got at least three or four good years of footy ahead of them. So, yeah. is Pezzett prepared to wait around until he's twenty five to to get a crack? That, that's going to be the test. And again, he's got a pretty decent hooker in front of him as well. So it's not like he's going to be used as a, 
um, a bench hooker that can play in the halves during um, origin time because, again, he's still only going to get three games a year. So I don't know. Uh, they're going to be very lucky to hang on to him. Or what they bite you... the bullet and they move on Hughes, which I don't think they will. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either. Uh, I I know Cameron Munster gets a lot of praise as the best player at Melbourne, but I, I think that Jerome Hughes is the most important, uh, what he does. Uh, if, as far as a consistency standpoint, Munster might produce oh, moments sure. of brilliance that uh, nobody else in the competition can do. But as far as consistency yeah. goes, I think Jerome Hughes is the most important. Um, Agreed. Mate. But there's two, they're two different things, aren't they? Absolutely. Like the most consistent and the best player are two two different things. And Absolutely. You know, yeah, I think you nailed it there. Uh, what do you expect out of Melbourne this year? Um, they, they'll be between three and eight. So oh, I've really given a wide scope there because I'm just never going to say that Bellamy can't get a team into the top four because he just does every year. He finds yep. a way to do it. I just don't think, I don't think they're quite there. But again, I can't see him dropping out of the eight. Just, there's too much talent there. So, providing that those three key players are fit for the majority of the year, they're going to be in the eight somewhere. What, what about yourself? I agree. I, I think that they're between fourth and fifth. I, I've got them in a battle with Brisbane for fourth and fifth. Um, yep. There is a lot of the problem with Melbourne is if they get an injury to. Uh, a big name player, then particularly Nelson. Like if Nelson was to go down, they lose so much punch through the middle, and they almost can't even move the ball. So uh, it's a it's a bit of a battle. Um, I, I think. That, sorry, mate, we didn't touch on him, and I know we're, we're wrapping it up. As a Melbourne fan, so let's put aside the you know our podcast hat and, and what we like to do with each club. What are your thoughts on on Nelson and the brain falling out of the head? the last month of the year. Was it frustrating? Uh, you know? Oh, look, if he wasn't as good of a player as what he is, yes, it would be frustrating. Yeah. Um, but I just think that his upside produces something for Melbourne that they can't replace. And there's only oh, probably, course, mate. Yeah. There's, there's only got, probably five or, five or six front rows in the game that can produce what Nelson can. And he is yeah. one of those explosive medals that changes the game. And when he, when, he, when he isn't on the field, it's a stark difference because I'm not saying Christian Welch and Josh King and these guys aren't good players, but they're just different types of oh, players. He's got that X factor. He's got that yeah. X factor. I, I just reckon there's going to be um, a few clubs now that have, have seen what happened that last few games because when, when Nelson just tucks the ball under his arm and runs hard and skittles people, he then generates ruck speed. That's when Harry Grant's at his best. That's when the halves come into it. He wasn't doing that the last month. He was too busy getting caught up in the niggle. And I think there's going to be some teams that that really try and get under his skin and, and see if they can um, get him to unravel instead of play footy. They tried a few different things with Nelson throughout the year that I, I really loved. I loved the, the extensive back row. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, running him on an edge. Uh, I, I thought that was really clever. Uh, I think a lot more teams should should try things like that and 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 move people around when it's when it suits. Um, and matchup dependent, he was explosive on an edge at stages, and like he's explosive anyway. But uh, there's probably only five or six front rowers that can do what he does. And uh, look, I think oh, that, I agree. I think that you just got to suck it up and take the, the the good with the bad with Nelson sometimes because he is irreplaceable as far as a middle forward is concerned on the field strictly as a player. 
Yeah, I agree. I don't disagree at all. I just, yeah, I think there's a an opportunity there for some um, some clubs to get under his skin and and see how he handles it. Quite possibly. That's our first episode on Zoom. Steve, thanks very much for your time. Thanks, mate. This has been the Six Go Podcast, and that is full time.